Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to our show. Anthony here. And James here. And today we're going to talk about him. Nicolas Cage, the one, one the, and only. One of the goats. He just has latest movie out, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I went and checked it out, and it just showed how much people love Nick Cage and how great of an icon he is and a movie star. And we just love this guy. We grew up watching his movies. He still watches movies, even though he's made a bunch of bunch of stinkers and duds. He's made <laughs> some of the best movies for entertainment purposes of all time. We grew up watching his movies in the 90s with our brothers, like Con Air, Face Off. Like This guy was just on top of the world. And obviously with the National Treasure franchise, you saw Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I'm guessing... It's kind of like a celebration of his career. A bit. I wish it was actually a little more like that. They, mm-hmm. they touch on it, and obviously, it's like a lot of it paying homage to Nick, Nick Cage and his career. Because there's, I, some there's great the Castor Troy statue. Yeah, with, with the, like the golden guns yeah. and stuff like that. It's really fun because it's very meta. Do they have the wig from Con Air? I don't want to spoil it <laughs> okay, for anybody, right, so I don't right. want to spoil stuff like that that's not in the trailers. But obviously, the, the Castor Troy with the guns is in the trailer, mm-hmm. so that's in there too. But you, just imagine there's an entire room full of Nick Cage uh uh, paraphernalia and me- memorabilia mm-hmm. so it's a pretty great moment and scene I but um it. i wouldn't even put that movie in his like top 10 15 in his filmography it's pretty good but it's like it's like his highest rated movies ever been in yeah it's not like 96 percent. yeah and then a lot of his great movies are horribly received critically i think that his movies you could say he, he could be an actor who's got so many great films that have bad reviews yeah but it, then audiences love the, the movies or like lukewarm critical reviews yeah I like, feel like, like movies like lord of war Great, it's a movie. great movie, it's great movie, great movie, like average score. It's one of his highest rated on IMDb. It, mm-hmm. I think it's like his second one. I think The Rock is the highest rated one, but even The Rock, I think before Unbearable Weight was his best received critically, and he has just made some of our favorite movies. And I don't understand why critics have never enjoyed him like as an artist, and they've always been pretty critical of his acting. I don't know what it is. I've always found the guy to just be like an amazing actor, superstar, such a fun, entertaining, unique actor. There's really no one like him ever. It's probably because of a lot of roles he takes. Like he does great movies like Adaptation, Leaving Las Vegas, Bringing Out the Dead, really moody, artistic, and talent showcasing performances but then he does movies like con air and face off and national treasure so i think a lot of critics are like oh this guy will do anything for money it seems <laughs> like but if, to me it's and from interviews i've read with him he'll just obviously has a the extravagant spending uh, habits but i think with him he just loves to work and he loves making movies and it's, it's his job and from interviews he says that he doesn't even consider himself an actor he's a movie star that's what he does and it's always just work to him and he's in a better place when he's constantly working whether they be good movies or bad movies he just enjoys it yeah i love that uh, approach to the acting and his acting is something that is kind of misunderstood in terms of i remember recently before his like kind of resurgence to the last few years People were a lot of people were saying that he's a bad actor and he was so overrated and obviously ironically now everyone's celebrating him, but for a while he was kind of made fun of. I re- I remember I'm old enough to remember this happening a lot and think, I've always yeah. loved him, but I think it's his acting style that people never really understood where he approached acting from a different point of view as most actors where he's not trying to go nuanced he's not trying to go subtle he's doing it on purpose he's very um loud and vibrant and ridiculous and extreme and he has always done that on purpose that's like been his thing he calls it mega acting (laughs) and he he was inspired by german expressionism the artist in that um genre of film 
the way they acted, he kind of brought that to America in modern contemporary movies. And it's always something he's done intentionally. I think people think that he's doing it like thinking that he's doing like a great actor, but like overacting, overacting, thinking he's doing good acting. But it's really he's always done that on purpose. Now, before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost podcast besides using our coupon codes is to become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost podcast, where you get awesome perks like our podcast schedules, personalized videos, Patreon shouts on the show and weekly bonus episodes that all patrons have access to. Plus, $10 and $25 tier patrons have access to our Discord, which we do watch parties and communicate with every single day. It's a lot of fun. $25 Godfather tier patrons also get their own custom episode. You pick the topic, we review it for you to watch. It's really cool, and people love to do it. And we also launched our podcast masterclass online course last year. So for anyone who wants to start a podcast or improve their current podcast, our 22-chapter 46 video lesson course will give you all the secrets behind the scenes of our show. The link is podcast masterclass.teachable.com or go to our website raidersofthelostpodcast.com it's right there on the homepage. thanks so much for tuning around the world hit the subscribe notification bell leave some reviews we really appreciate it so much now let's get back into Nicolas Cage and to keep going what you're going on with people not really taking his style so seriously and even I think the cabinet of Dr. Caligari is his favorite movie mm-hmm. it's referenced in the the new movie a lot um I think also the memification of Nicolas Cage over the last 15 years has also presented newer audiences to him or, or old audiences saying he's like kind of like uh, not a joke, but like his performances have just been like d- d- like dumbed down to memes because he's mm. some of the best memes of all time, like the crazy eyes, Nick Cage. Memes. Kiss, yeah. And like people just think like of Nick Cage as like this crazy, eccentric, weird actor when he's just a, seems like a cool guy. He does seem like a really cool guy. He's a talented actor. He's a very interesting guy. I mean, you look at movies like Adaptation where he plays identical twins and he does it so well. And uh, the nuances to the performances and the characterization of both those men, it's really impressive. And then he's an Oscar-winning actor for Leaving Las Vegas. It's, It's an amazing film. I don't think anyone's ever portrayed being drunk as well as he has. He's he's just It's an unbelievable role. And I think that to be able to pull off the crazy action movies the big budgets it takes talent to be able to do that and you know people have always responded to him and there's a reason for that it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing and i I agree i think he's very just misunderstood but he's a very interesting guy um i think for in terms of actors he's definitely one of the most eclectic uh, unpredictable eccentric but you want that. For, it's like a creative genius kind of personality. Yeah, he's a movie star. Yeah. He doesn't call himself really an actor. He's a freaking movie star. That's what he is. That's what he does. That's why people love him so much. And he takes that on. Like you said, like not everyone can do these action blockbusters or these big movies. And, you know, it's a, it's a particular persona that that can do that. A person that can command a set, can command a movie camera and an entire scene and just be the face and be the entire weight of the production – hundreds of millions of dollars on this one person really being the leader of it and being in charge of it and he can really take on that responsibility he's done it over and over again whether his movies are well received critically or not everyone loves him there's something about nick cage it's like this this like secret sauce he's got it (laughs) whatever it is nick cage has had it for his entire career it's because he brings something to the table that no other actor can and i i personally remember being a kid growing up in the 90s and just thinking Nick Cage was one of the coolest guys ever. The absolute man. I mean, and even movies like The Family Man I loved as a kid. And then Gone in 60 Seconds. and Weatherman. Uh, Weatherman. <laughs> uh, the, uh, these are just excellent movies. I remember watching Lord of War a lot. We saw that with our dad 
But our brothers were big fans of like Face Off, Con Air, those movies. So they were always playing on VHS at home. So we had a lot of exposure to Nick Cage in particular in our household. His his movies played on network TV all the time yeah. too back in the day. Nick Cage movies were on consistently. Con Air was always on. Face Off was it, always all on. All year he had all those movies on. Face Off might be in my top like most watched movies list just because like I was a kid watching it so many times. It was always we, on. We watched it It was always lot. on TV. Like I could quote that movie maybe. Like on we should TV, watch yes, or TNT or something. You know what we should do? We should do a, a double review of Face Off and Broken Arrow. Or double feature. Double or, feature. Or an, yeah, double feature. Bro- that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be good. They go, they go, go well together. Well. Yeah. Or you could do Con Air and Face Off, stay with Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Or Travolta. I, I just love Broken Arrow too. I know, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the 90s, man. And Nick Cage is also an extremely successful actor. One of the most successful of all time. He's earned well over... $200 million with his roles. It's estimated between 200 to $250 million he's made in total. And, just uh, from salary. Yeah, just from salaries. That's not including back end. And in a specific run from 1996 to 2011, so a period of only 15 years, he made $150 million. So averaging, averaging $10 million a year for 15 years is pretty solid. That's like Jordan Belfort, and that made only made $51 million that year, which really, really pissed, pissed me, me off, off. because it was, <laughs> it was $1 million less than $1 million a week. <laughs> I love that quote. No, 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 no. Driving the Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> and also, to contrast that, he's famously an extravagant spender. Now, I made a list of the most ridiculous extravagant purchases that Nick Cage has made and this is everything I could find online I'm sure there's plenty of things that he's purchased that we're unaware of but here's what I could find so he purchased two islands in the Bahamas two private islands just so casual yeah super <laughs> cash he purchased the first ever Superman comic it's called Action Comics number one it's worth 2.6 million dollars that's crazy he's a huge comic fan yeah he purchased two castles in Europe he purchased four yachts because one's not enough. At one point, and at the same time, he owned 15 different residences all over the world. All over the world. He purchased a dinosaur skull, which is infamous. It's become that story where he outbid Leonardo DiCaprio at that auction. What actually happened was that dinosaur skull was stolen. And so Nick Cage, even though he purchased it, he had to give it back to a museum. Yeah, to whatever country yeah, it came from. It. It and he didn't even get reimbursed or yeah, anything for it. Yeah, so he, he just lost out on the I think it was like half a mil he purchased it for. At one point, at one point in his life, Nick Cage owned 50 cars and 30 motorcycles all at the same time. He also purchased the famed Ferrari Enzo, which only 349 were made of that model. Each one of those is worth $1 million. He purchased an octopus. He purchased a crocodile, and he purchased a shark. Also a two-headed snake. Yeah, a two-headed snake that he actually had to give back, and he said the snake kept fighting itself. He had to put a spatula between their heads <laughs> st- so they wouldn't stop fighting over food. <laughs> <laughs> and he also purchased a uh, albino uh, poisonous snake, like a mamba or something, but an I w- albino ma- black mamba. I would love to see this guy's flying miles, too, and how yeah. many flights he's been he has on. A, yeah, he's purchased a private jet. houses at one point in time all over the world, you're probably flying, like, a couple times a week in between all these spots or if he's, fil- he's filming, he's flying out to this spot for the weekend yeah. or filming back here and then going to this place for the weekend. That's insane. Yeah. One of the houses actually in, is in Louisiana in New Orleans and it's the most haunted house in America. Wow. And he purchased that because he's a fan of like the gothic and all that stuff, macabre and stuff. So uh, I, I believe that – so people often think like he lost all his money. You know, like he blew it all away. That's not true. Like – Yes, he bought all his stuff, and he did end up selling most of the things he purchased. 
uh, selling back many of the houses, a lot of the big things, and even he sold like cars. So it's not like he burned all his money. He got probably a lot of it back from selling things. He even sold his Superman comic, which he got like over almost three million for. But he probably wound up much less than what he had. But he still is worth tens of millions of dollars. Oh, so yeah. It's not like it's not like everything he purchased burned. Plus, in, he's making money every yeah. week off of all royalties. the all royalties and residuals yeah. of every project he's ever so done. So when I was doing research, there were so many things online saying he was broke. And well, the movie yeah. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, they play with that idea and the concept of Nick Cage has run out of money. He spent all of his all of his he yeah. spent his last buck, and he's I love gonna, the idea. He's going to yeah. take this last gig to go to this birthday party for a super fan for a million dollars. That's all he has to do, and it's a great concept for the movie I had a, a lot of fun watching it it was really funny I'm gonna review it uh, pretty soon unless I already unless did you already did, unless yeah. I already did so check that out um, it was a good time if you love Nick Cage you'll love everyone in the audience was there just to see Nicolas Cage because yeah. not many people can pull that kind of like audience just to go see this guy even though it's a movie where he's playing himself in a very meta plot People go see it just because it's Nick Cage. Exactly. He has like that Tom Cruise pull. Obviously not the not same quite, size. Yeah. But people will go see a movie because he's in it. And you know, if you see Nick Cage in person, you're going to probably lose your goddamn mind. Oh my god, yeah. Absolutely. Like he's an, he's an actor who if, if I saw him in person, I'd be like, well, that's Nick Cage. But I think the good thing about this movie, even though it's not making a huge number at the box office, I still think a lot of people will tune in. It's kind of getting rid of that memification stage of Nick Cage and now everyone can kind of accept him for who he is and now they're like you know what actually Nick Cage is awesome and we really yeah. adore him so much and it's less of a joke to to make fun of him and now to just enjoy his work I think after we film this I'm gonna watch Face Off <laughs> I wanna watch we should watch yeah we should yeah, put it on after this it on. let's go yeah absolutely absolutely he, he's also just a very interesting guy he's a he's a, a self-professed Elvis fanatic he's been obsessed with Elvis all his life and he ended up marrying Elvis's daughter, Lisa Marie Presley, for several years. That's, Isn't that's that crazy wild. to be a super fan of a musician and then to end up marrying their child? Or he probably – maybe he planned that. He, he, must have put, <laughs> he must have put so much energy into doing that. You know what I mean? And But he's, he's, he's had a, a bunch of, like, personal, like, urban legends of things that – these crazy stories that I've heard about, read about. But I think he's just a fascinating, interesting guy. He's very unique. And so Nick Cage, as we all know, is – a Coppola. He is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola, which makes him the first cousin of Sofia Coppola, the Oscar-winning filmmaker and screenwriter, which is really cool. And he was originally going by Nick Coppola when he began acting, and then I think it was when he was working on Fast Times at Ridgemont High, he decided to change his name to a new persona so that he wouldn't have the stigma of being a Coppola on his name and his title. And so he went... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
with Cage, and you got the name Cage from being a huge fan of Luke Cage from the comics, the Marvel comic, and also composer John Cage. So those are two huge influences in his life artistically, so he chose them as a last name. And I, I, I always see comments of people saying nepotism, and you're like, oh, you're a cop. He was a Coppola, that's why he made it. It's like, yes, being a Coppola helped. I'm sure it got him through the door to get auditions. But just because you know someone who's famous doesn't mean you're going to get cast in a role. So I thought it was great that he changed his name. And it shows that he really earned everything just on his sheer talent. Because, like, say, like, he's, yeah, he got an, an agent, no problem, or a manager, no problem, sure. But still, he has to get the audition, and he has to land the audition, and he has to get the part over and over again. So I'm sure, like... Changing his name, I like that he did that. I mean, what in Fast Times at Ridgemont High is just like a fry cook. Yeah, for like he's one a scene, cameo. He's like right there. He's yeah, a, with Judge Reinhold like working with him. Yeah, so it's like it's not like he was cast as a lead role or anything. It's not like Coppola put him in all of his movies or anything. We already know the story with Sophia, how that was just out of necessity, last minute when Ona Ryder dropped out. So that's why she was in Godfather Part Three. But it's, it's not like Sophia went on to be like a, a great actress or anything. She's a great filmmaker. That was her calling in life. She wasn't wanted. So like exactly, it's not really nepotism if you just if you have the talent and yeah. To get your foot in the door, it helps to know people for sure, especially in Hollywood, but you still got to have the talent. Yeah, like Jason Reitman said, he had a great quote when we saw Ghostbusters Afterlife in person, and he was there for a Q&A, the director, and he's Ivan Reitman's son, and he's, he said this funny line, he's like, the best way to become a director is... Have a parent who's a famous yeah. director. <laughs> that cracked me up. He's like, yeah, it is what it is. I'm very, he's like, I'm the luckiest person in the world. It, 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 he understands that. Yeah. You want to get into some fun talking points and categories like we did yeah. with our uh, Bruce Willis episode? Anthony got a whole list of things again to talk about. So, yeah. so let's start off with um, I want to hear your top 10 Nick Cage movies in order from first to 10th. This is a tough list to it's make. Tough. It's, it's tough. It's tough. I Bruce have Willis like, was way easier. Yeah, it was actually. But there's like 15 or 16 that I, like, I wanted to put in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing a movie like Into the Spider-Verse because he's Neither hardly in that. Yeah. We're talking it's about not a Nick Cage movie. Like a, lead, like a Nick Cage leading role or yeah. like heavy supporting role yeah. because he's got like what 10 lines in that entire movie it needs to be a nick cage movie I so think. even though that's like a one of the best movie he might have been a part of in terms of ratings and stuff like that and in animated films but like we're going best so uh number one for me this is my favorite nick cage movie mandy this movie blew my mind absolutely insane i've never seen anything like it i've never seen nick cage do anything like it and it was like what got me really back into Nick Cage and was like, oh my God, I forgot how much I love Nick Cage because he kind of just disappeared from a while after Ghost Rider and like Bunch of Bombs. Treasure 2, just yeah. a bunch of bombs and like no one really heard of it from him. He's- Sorcerer's Apprentice was a huge bomb. Yeah, nothing yeah. big and nothing really artistic or important. Then Mandy comes around and just blew my hair back. That movie, I still think about it from time to time. I'll just be like doing something. I'll be like, remember that movie Mandy? And like yeah. I've seen it a few times and it's just such, such a trip. Never seen anything like it. Next up, I have Raising Arizona. This is one of, the, I think, the Coen Brothers' funniest movies. It's very fun, very camp in a way. And I like his character a lot, his character design. And I think he just kills it. It's one of the Coens' favorite. Well, Joel Cohen directed it, but I think it's one of their most underrated movies for sure. Well, he's just credited. Yeah. They both directed it. True, and, okay, yeah. And it, it's a really funny, really sweet movie. It's great. And he's got a great mustache. Number three, I have Lord of War. As we brought up earlier, it is a very underrated movie. Really solid script. Excellent acting. I mean, it's Nick Cage, Jared Leto. We got Ethan Hawke. It's awesome. What's not to like? Oh about yeah, that? Ethan Hawke is he's the, the he's uh, like the agent. Oh, that's right. He's chasing him down. Yeah. yeah, the um the gun. What's that? What's the outfit called? The DEA. The, the DEA. Something or, like that. Or something like that. Firearms, tobacco, and in um you know you do know what I mean. FT something. 
someone, someone, whoever knows, comment it in the comment or DM us because it's gonna drive me nuts. It's not your crime scene anymore. <laughs> Anyways, um, number four, I have Con Air, classic '90s action. Nick Cage with the hair, the wife beater on the on the prison jet, the plane. He's escaping, and it's just an iconic action movie. It's great. It's so silly, but to a point where it's like. Got this crazy cast, too. I mean, Stu, Steve Buscemi, John Malkovich, Nick Cage, all in the same movie. It's wild. And also uh, John Cusack. There's a couple of Oscar winners in there. That's crazy. Great cast. Great cast. Next up, number five, National Treasure. It is just a fun movie. It is a blast. It never gets old. And even though, you know, it's not a perfect movie, it can get a little corny. The music can get a little cheesy. I still love this one from the bottom of my heart. I'll always put this on and have a good time. Oh, yeah. Number six, I have Face Off. Another classic action 90s movie. Face Off and Conner came out in the same year, 1997, which is wild. That, like, propelled him to mega superstar for sure, especially in America. Face Off is a classic. Number seven, Kick-Ass. I think it's a very underrated comic book movie, and I love his character, Big Daddy, in this. It's super funny, super grounded and down-to-earth, and it's just, I think, a great, great comic book movie. Number eight, Leaving Las Vegas. This is what he, what he won his Oscar for absolutely incredible performance as this alcoholic writer who is going to Vegas to basically drink himself to death. Really incredible stuff. Number nine, adaptation. Anthony brought up a little earlier. He plays two characters, identical, and it's really interesting. It's kind of a mind F and also endearing and really interesting performance. He's like all over the place. He's like an emotional wreck. It's really fun to watch. He's great at that kind of performance. And then number 10 was so tough. So, so tough to pick a number 10. But I'm going with Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, yeah. Even though it's not the best movie he's ever made, it is just so fun. And it's just a classic. And with the cars and Angelina Jolie, the cast is awesome. It's just such a great concept. And I love it so, so much. Great list. But, like, my yeah. my honorable mentions, like, Bringing Out the Dead is a Scorsese movie. I mean, The Rock, Matchstick Men is a really good one. Ridley Scott, Pig yeah. was awesome. Moonstruck is really good. And, obviously, Into the Spider-Verse. So, it, it was tough to make that list, honestly. All right. My list is actually— and It's crazy. Like, I, Sorry, I left out, like, The Rock, which is, yeah. like, a beloved movie. How could you? <laughs> I watched it, like, a year ago, and I was like, it's pretty good, but it mm-hmm. doesn't hold up the way I thought it would. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's my list. It's It's pretty different from yours, actually. It's quite different. I like that. I have at number one, Face Off. Nice. <laughs> it's a childhood classic for me. It's a movie that I really loved watching growing up. And if you just shut your brain off and don't take it seriously, it's a wild ride. It's so much fun. Travolta and him are excellent. And just to see them swap the roles and the performances they both, because they both play two characters, it's just so crazy and all over the place. Face off. off. I want to face, face off. Next up, I have. Lord of War. I put it at number two. I think it's a very underrated movie. Uh, it's directed by Andrew Nichol, who's made a lot of great films like uh, Gattaca. And you got Jared Leto in a great supporting role. It's a really great, like, kind of feels like Goodfellas in terms of the style of, oh, the, yeah. of the screenplay, the Fast, narration. Fast pace, yeah. Uh, epic scope in terms of the period. And then the rise to power, rise to, to wealth. Really intriguing world. And it has an excellent opening credits with the bullet. I think it's one of the best opening title credit sequences of all time. Yeah, overall, it's a really well-executed yeah, movie. 100%. The script is just not fully there, but it's almost a great, great movie. But I, I really love it. Next, I have God in 60 Seconds. As nice. number three. That's high. Number three. It's Eleanor, man. It's just a lot of fun. The cast is great. And Angie, when she's like, she's, 
I was like in love with Angelina Jolie in this movie. I was like, who is, oh my God. <laughs> John, 60 seconds and then Tomb Raider. And then Nick is just so cool. Will Patton, Giovanni Ribisi, uh, a lot of, like, Timothy Oliphant in an early role. Oh, yeah, he's a detective. Yeah, just a great cast. And I, El, who, with uh, Elrond, I mean, um, <laughs> I almost said Elrond. <laughs> Elrond. <laughs> Delroy, Delroy Lindo. Leonard. Yeah, Delroy, Delroy Lindo. Yeah. I said yeah. Elrond from... <laughs> we just did Lord of the Rings yesterday. <laughs> awesome cast, and I, lo- I love boosting cars. It's better than Fast and Furious, I think. It's great. And next, really? Yeah, I think so. Old. I think so. Next up, I. It doesn't have family. <laughs> it wasn't about family it's in the first two. Well, the actually, first actually, two were not about family. 60 seconds yeah. is about family. It's his brother gets kidnapped. Yeah, it is, anyway, it's more family. Yeah, oh, it's, um, uh, what's his name? Plays his brother. I already said it. Giovanni Ruggisti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, um, then we have, at number four, I have Con Air. Awesome cast, Buscemi. Nick Cage and the hair, uh, just this eclectic set of characters. John Malkovich, like super macho, ridiculous, crazy concept. Uh, your favorite actors in it, John Cusack. <laughs> <laughs> James has a thing of like he doesn't like John Cusack. Thing. He he does not like him at all. I can't watch him in movies. <laughs> I really can't. It's it's nothing personal. I just I don't know what it is. <laughs> like his face don't about your face i just want to punch it i'm not saying that don't put words in my mouth i don't want to get canceled but i don't know what it is with john cusack it's not for me he's not, not a fan. for me it's not... <laughs> <laughs> but i love connor it's 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 a little great ride it's a lot of fun and then i have matchstick men at number five it's really good i love ridley scott sam rockwell it's a great pair sam rockwell no one really knew who he was back then but they're awesome they're dynamic together i love Anything that has to do with con man or con women, I love that genre. And Ridley Scott doesn't do comedy that much, but when he has done it, he can do it really well. This is a very funny um, black comedy. I think it's an excellent film. His performance is awesome in it, too, because yeah. he plays a con artist, but he also has OCD. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a really interesting character. He's I, all over the place. I think it's it could be – you could have – you could say it's his best performance. You could throw it up there. I think it's just a really great all-around awesome movie. It's one of those performances like he must have gave so much energy every yeah. day in it. Yeah, and no one really talks about that movie. It's, they should. Kind of got forgotten. Yeah. Next up. I have Kick-Ass at number six. I also think it's an excellent superhero comic book movie. I think it's better than most Marvel movies. It's really funny. Whoa! I think it's better Whoa! than most Marvel movies. Whoa! I'm my, a... That's my Marvel alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Hot take city. We're going to have to cut that out. Hot take from Anthony. <laughs> come after him, everybody, not me. <laughs> I, might, I, I would put it in my top ten of comic book movies, maybe. It's actually pretty excellent. It's really funny, and I love the hard art. It has the gore, the humor. And then, like, scene stealer Chloe Grace Moretz Hit girls, as, like, a seven-year-old. Like, unbelievable. I still think her first scene where she's killing all the dudes yeah. with, like, with, like, the kid music playing yeah. in the background. She's, like, yeah, smiling. Yeah, she's, like, yeah, smiling yeah, at him. Yeah, stabbing people. <laughs> she's, like, yeah. She's like, look, she's, like, making direct eye contact, smiling at him the whole time. It's the, so funny. The butterfly knife. Yeah. And then uh, the, when they used to teach her how to fire a gun, and it's just great. He's, like, she, he shoots her in the chest. With, it's because she has to experience it. I think it's just a lot of, a lot of fun. Aaron Taylor Johnson is awesome, too. And then at number seven, for, real quick, he's about to play his third superhero. Yeah, Craven. Kick-Ass, and then uh, Quicksilver, Quicksilver, now, now Craven. Craven. That's crazy. Yeah. He, he likes that money, man. He's got kids. He, <laughs> he's needs market- to, he needs to feed his kids. Marketable guy. He's got like four kids. Next up, I have at number seven, National Treasure. Iconic. Yeah, I think it's his best, best, it's most fun big blockbuster. It's cheesy at times. It's not the best screenplay, and it's like... 
It's a little, you roll your eyes every once in a while, but if you just like turn your brain off, it's a lot of fun. Literally every time I watch that, I'm like, I could probably steal a Declaration of Independence too. <laughs> seems pretty <laughs> easy. Seem that bad. Yeah, that's not that bad. If it's not in your top 10, then you're crazy. It's, it's got everything you want. It's got thrills, a good villain, great lead, great supporting cast, romance, good humor. Um, you're traveling the country, awesome locations. Just got, it's just everything. It hits all the beats. Hits Historic. Everything. Yeah, historic. I love I love history. Lemon juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lemon juice. John Voight. And it will lead to, to another, another clue. <laughs> <laughs> they find like the craziest thing that on the declaration he's like he's still not satisfied. Like definitely not making any progress, son. Okay, bud. <laughs> Next up I have uh Leaving Las Vegas, uh his Oscar winning role. Excellent performance. Very dark movie. The movie as a whole isn't like a it didn't live up to what it could have been. If it was better done and better screenplay, it could have been the best movie he's ever made. But his performance really sealed the deal for making the movie work, and it's all because of him. And then at number nine, I have Mandy. I really love the film. It blew me away. I've seen it twice now, and it has great imagery. It's made for such a low budget, but it feels so much bigger. I love the style, the tone, the music, the visuals. Just a wild, ridiculous insane movie i love andrea riceborough she's an excellent actress and then also the bruce wayne's dad from batman begins yeah. the villain i don't know that guy's name but <laughs> i remember we were watching it and i was like is that is that thomas wayne they were like no <laughs> it's way thomas wayne. freaked out it's wild it's crazy how much the guy looks like christian bale like don't be afraid don't be afraid bruce <laughs> and then at number 10 i have adaptation uh, excellent amazing brilliant charlie kaufman script you gotta throw it on there and then the performances by Nick Cage are phenomenal. And then you get Meryl Streep as a, as a co-star in the film. It's just excellent. I love the movie. Chris Cooper's also in it. Spike Jones good. directed yeah, Spike it. Spike Jones made this. It's a crazy movie. It was actually so Charlie Kaufman was Charlie Kaufman was hired to adapt the novel that takes place in the book because Meryl Streep plays the author of the novel. And so instead of making a straight adaptation of that novel, he wrote this crazy story, put the author in his story. It's just wild how he pulled it out, and it's just an amazing mo movie. Um, those are my top ten. Solid list. Yeah, it was hard to order it, but I I, I feel happy about that top ten. I can already he hear the unsubscribed comments. People are like, wow, you don't have Ghost Rider in the top no ten. Ghost unsubscribed. <laughs> no offense, Ghost Riders are not good. <laughs> not good. Knowing is not in your top ten. Unsubscribe. <laughs> he, he's in two movies where you can see the future. <laughs> Next and knowing. Knowing is wait, which one? Knowing's the one with Jessica Biel. No, that's next. Was Knowing's the one with um, Rose Byrne. What? Yeah, next is Jessica Biel. And then Knowing is like end of the world, Rose Byrne. It's the same friggin' thing. Knowing. He did two movies within five years where he could see the future. Hold on, let me double check. So, yeah, Knowing. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, this is the. Yeah, you're right. So, Knowing mm -hmm. is the other one. Jessica Biel's next. That one came okay. out first. Both, both not great. <laughs> but, like, both a character sees the future. Like, what the hell? Do something else, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, next up, it's time to rank your top three Nick Cage characters. All right, top three characters. Here we go. Number one, I got Caster Troy from Face Off. Just so, so fun. Yeah, the so guns, fun. the yeah. outfits, the eccentric attitude. Like, like very few people can pull off this character so well like Nick Cage does. And it seems like mm -hmm. he just tapped into, like, maybe, like, something that's just part of him to pull it off. But Cash Troy is so memorable, so fun. Even though it's one movie, man, I love it. <laughs> and then I have Ben Gates. 
a much more controlled performance and obviously like his maybe his most normal character he plays, <laughs> except for being like a massive history buff and super smart but ben gates is super fun entertaining charming he's like uh a, like nick cage's version of james bond except that he shops at sears clothing rack <laughs> or macy's urban Outfitters. <laughs> no no it's like uh oh him personally no no yeah. like character ben gates yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then uh big daddy from kick-ass Nice. Even though he's a supporting character in one movie, he's that memorable. He's so funny. He's hysterical. Got a bunch of great lines. And I just love the performance. How he just flips on a switch from being like a hardcore superhero vigilante to being like the sweetest dad in the world and also wears like collared shirts and glasses. Like, okay, honey, we'll go get some ice cream and shoot her in the chest. It's crazy. <laughs> I love that. All right, so my top three are Cash Detroit, number one. <laughs> We're definitely watching yeah. this tonight. It's just, he's just <laughs> ridiculous and he's so psychotic but and entertaining. It kind of reminds you of Pat Bateman. Just Kinda, like yeah. this crazy, loose cannon. He's just not as controlled as Pat. He doesn't hide it. Because I would say the most famous Nick Cage meme, if it's not the vampire kiss one, it's, it's the, the one priest with outfit. the priest as yeah. Cash Detroit at the beginning of the movie, yeah. like with his crazy eyes. Like, yeah, <sighs> it's excellent. It's crazy. And then, um, and then John Travolta did a good job starting out as Cash Detroit. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, ending, ending up, ending like, up, doing ending up as Cash Detroit. Yeah, 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 doing it. Next up, I have Benjamin Gates. <laughs> also, <laughs> oh my God. for all the same reasons you said, just this is this is a fun character, and I, I love like very intelligent characters who are, like teach you things. So when you watch that movie, you're like learning stuff, and I just find it fascinating. And then I have Memphis from Gone in sixty seconds. He's just so cool, just a badass, and also willing to risk his life and go to prison for the rest of his life to save his brother. So he's he has great morals and just like being able to boost cars so easily and just like being able to drive so well. Just awesome quality. He's an awesome character. I almost yeah. picked Memphis, but yeah, you're great right. name too. Yeah. Great nickname. It's a pretty cool character. Yeah. All right, how about we head on into our intermission and then we'll come back. Let's do it. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Manscaped.com. The leaders in men's grooming use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout for Manscaped.com. You'll get twenty percent off and also free shipping worldwide. Oh my goodness! I highly recommend getting there ultra premium collection it is the ultimate wet goods bundle comes with deodorant body wash two-in-one shampoo conditioner hydrating body spray and a free set of manscaped lip balm and the best part of manscaped's products is they are vegan dye-free gluten-free paraben-free alcohol-free cruelty free in free and phthalate free so you're not going to feel any burns or nothing this is all natural good stuff yeah I, there, I had a situation where i ran out of my deodorant the other day and then I went back to my deodorant that I still had from before I got Manscaped. And I've been using this deodorant, name brand deodorant, for years. Like, never had a problem with it. And then, so when I started using it again, it burned my armpits for two days. I was like, oh, what's wrong? I literally had to, like, wipe out my armpits because it was just this burning sensation wouldn't go away. And then I was just, like, using the tip of my Manscaped, like, the bottom of it, like, That's that was right. left. It's because I looked into it because there's none of this, like, no bad aluminum, stuff in it. No nothing in it. And I looked it up. Your body ends up getting tolerant to that bad stuff so you don't feel the burn anymore once you get used to using it. And I was like, I'm never not using Manscaped again for yeah, deodorant. If you don't want to feel the burn, use our <laughs> coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout to get 20% off and free shipping. And also get the Lawnmower 4.0 Groomer. And Anthony will never go back because he also would feel the burn if he didn't have his Lawnmower Groomer. Indeed. Our other amazing sponsor is MoviePosters.com. You know them. You know our friends. Head on over to their website, MoviePosters.com, and use our very special promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. They have all sorts of sizes, framing, backlighting, and they have a selection 
of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable, from your favorite comic book movie to a classic from the 40s to your favorite TV show. They got you covered for all of your poster needs, and they also do great movie poster giveaways with our show as well. We just did one last week, and our friend our friend James Jefferson won a poster for a, one of his favorite classic movies, and so we love MoviePosters.com. We know you all do too. Keep using our promo code at MoviePosters.com and get that great discount of 10% off your order. All right, let's begin our intermission and start with our movie quotes competition. You ready? Ready. Right at this moment, the biggest R that I feel is regret. Regret, regret that maybe the greatest warrior I have ever known met her end at the hands of a bushwhacking scrub, algae piece of shit like you. That woman deserved better. <laughs> Kill Bill Volume 2. There you go, sir. Great one. This is an easy one. This is a, it's a great line. I have an easy one, too, but it's from a fan. Let's see if they stump you, though. This is from Brooke. If it's between you and some poor bastard whose wife you just turned into a widow, brother... You are going down. <laughs> she had a big ass. <laughs> when I think of a woman's ass, <laughs> something happens. <laughs> That's uh, Pacino and Heat. He just turned 82. Wow, happy birthday to the goat, yeah. the star of Jack and Jill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guess this movie release year. The Abyss. James Cameron's movie, 1997. 1989. 89? 89. What? 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 Dude, he made Titanic in 97. Oh, you're right. <laughs> wow. I can't believe he pulled that movie off in 89. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Titanic was 1997. Yeah, 1997. 1997 was Titanic. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, wow. for what they did in terms of, like, they made, like, He that, won the Oscar for visual effects. They had they that won. giant um, pool that they made, the submergent tank. It's crazy. Wow, I can't believe. I, that's surprising it's that old. It surprises me. Ed Harris apparently hated working on it. He hated it. I mean, he's probably a very demanding director. Yeah. Ed probably just wants to chill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guess this movie release here. Robocop. 1986. 87. <sighs> Damn. Classic. Classic. Good guess, though. Good movie class. pop quiz time. Thanks, man. In the action thriller, Speed, why was Annie... <laughs> In the action thriller? I don't know why I just jacked up. I just love Speed. All right. In the action thriller, Speed... Why was Annie, Sandra Bullock's character, her driver license suspended? Oh, man. In the movie, suspended for what? <sighs> Speeding. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. <laughs> <laughs> the irony. It's a great movie. <laughs> All right, here's my quiz question. Who played RoboCop? Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> that was a tough one. Honestly, no goddamn idea. Peter Weller. Sorry. That was... <laughs> no, I mean, it's a good trivia question yes. for sure. <laughs> Honestly, it's a, it's a good one. My bad. And then um, we have some haters this week. Yeah, we got some... a... <laughs> So we have a real hater. We posted another TikTok video for Outer Range for Amazon Prime. And they, they just paid us to, re to do reviews of the show. And so when this new review... This guy, Hewless Sexy 69 All right, man. He wrote, bros straight up lying for money. And all, we're, all we did was review the episodes and talk about what we think is going to happen next. Gotta, gotta pay the rent. Say, tell me you'd say no to that, man. Gotta pay the rent. <clears throat> and then we have some unsubscribes that are a lot of fun. So uh, 
Mike Watts, Mike was taken one, two, three in that same clip. He wrote, "What? No haters on this one? Unsubscribed." <laughs> and then he he said, and then a user, a bunch of numbers wrote, "Uh, guys, I think you tagged the wrong Josh Brolin. Unsubscribed because they handled Josh Brolin. It's just set up for Prime to track, and it's not like Josh Brolin has a TikTok. They just use that handle to see how the analytics are performing. So they gave me that to tag, and it's not really a, a real account. And then um." We have another unsubscribe. Okay, this is my favorite comment of the week. So we posted a photo of Margot Robbie, her first photo as Barbie. And then Hu Tahir, a good friend of our show, he wrote, Never have I wanted to be Ken so bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite of the week. All right, we got a couple of reviews that I'll bring up. We have a one-star review and a five-star review. So this is a new one-star review from Joe. No research done in bad reviews. I've tried to listen so many times. The concept of what they do is incredible, but they are truly a product of poor execution. Truly, no research is done before the throwback reviews example clearly shown in the Godfather podcast. I thought that was a pretty damn good We did a lot episode. of extensive research. Yeah, that was that a lot one. of research. And reviews on current movie truly shown from their Venom Let There Be Carnage, where they told people to go see it after they saw it in IMAX headquarters. I had a good time seeing the movie at IMAX headquarters, so we made a video about it. So sorry. So about. you're mad that we liked a movie that you didn't like. Sorry, bro. Uh, I hope one day they can pull it together because they could truly have something special. Well, we did pull it together. We both are full-time on this podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. Sorry I didn't like it, but I mean, damn, bro. I think he's mad that we uh, maybe pronounced Mario Puzo's names wrong once. I remember a comment about that. I don't think that's related at all. We put so much research into Godfather. Yeah, that was a lot of work. Hey, is what it is. If you guys want to help us get rid of that one-star review, go leave a five-star one. Uh, Then we have a five-star review from CJ, knees over unsubscribed. Really love this podcast until his knees over toes guy was mentioned. (laughs) As a former first, second sound engineer for animated shows turned personal trainer, I will not stand for them mentioning one of my inspirations. This is a film (laughs) podcast, not a running podcast. (laughs) Just kidding. The reason I love this podcast is the exact reason I stopped watching Cinema Sins and started watching Cinema Wins. Same. Yep. Too much negativity surrounding the discussion of film. Uh, refer to past review. <laughs> past review. It's nice to sit down. He wrote and... that in the review? No, I'm just, oh, I'm you just saying it. it. Yeah. It's nice to sit down and listen to people who just like movies. Keep it up. Also love the weekly chats. Oh, thanks, Thanks pal. so much, CJC. Appreciate it. Uh, you're the best. We yeah. have a Godfather shout-out today. Who's the Godfather shout-out? Tim Fox. Tim! Tim clearly likes what we're doing. Tim likes us so much he became a Godfather patron. Did we research the Godfather episode enough? I hope we did enough research for you. (laughs) I hope you didn't hate Venom so much. Bro, I had seven pages of notes for the Godfather. I know, right? (laughs) And Tim Tim requested RoboCop for his review. No, no way. Full circle. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty well. Well, I was doing – I did RoboCop facts because Because I wrote that in the list. So they gave me the idea to do that. But – RoboCop's an excellent hard R sci-fi movie. They rarely get made nowadays. There's a lot of great brutal gore in it, so I can't wait to review it for you, Tim. Yeah, that one's crazy. It's going to be wild. Like the factory scene. Yeah. <laughs> and now, like our Godfather Warehouse. episodes, we're posting two a week now because we ended up, we've been getting so many, so, go- many. Go- so many Godfather patrons that we're like, we have a list of like 20 movies we have to review. So we're now, we're instead of one a week, we're doing two Godfather reviews every week. If only we did better research, we could have more. Yeah, I mean, too bad, like we're not. We need some like help research, more research, yeah. more execution. Sorry, guys. Anyways, on this day in film <laughs> history, today is May second in nineteen fifty-seven. First Hammer color horror film released, The Curse of Frankenstein, starring Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. In nineteen ninety-seven, Austin Powers: The International Man of Mystery is released. In two thousand and three, the Lizzie McGuire movie was released, lit. And then X Two X Men United is also released. Two thousand and eight, the first film in the MCU is released, Iron Man. 
In 2014, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was released, and happy birthday to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I wish you could have researched that better. Ah, uh, tried, man. It's kind of like disappointing research right there. My streaming recommendation is a new film on Netflix, War of the Worlds, just got added oh, on May 1st. Oh, no way! I love that they movie. They got a bunch of good movies coming out this month. That's a great movie. That's Classic. so underrated. It's un- I mean, when we talk about Spielberg, it's going to be so hard to do a Spielberg episode because he's made yeah. so many great movies. Like When you think of his best movies, you think of 10 movies ahead of World of the Worlds. World of the Worlds is great. 15 movies ahead of World of the Worlds. It's crazy. That sequence when the robot, sh- the tripod shows up and he runs from the town square. Oh, my God. Dusting all the humans. I remember seeing that as a kid being like, oh, my God, this is insane. You can actually, that set is still there of, like, all the, yeah, we've the seen town it. destruction. Yeah, it's on at the, the tour. Universal tour. Mm-hmm. I wish I did more research on, like, what else they have there. But yeah, anyways. man, it's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, the guy was right, man. Yeah, yeah, poor Disappointing. Ex- poor execution How, here. You knew we were going to talk about World of Worlds. I know, I know. <laughs> you knew that was definitely going to come up. Damn. <laughs> my streaming recommendation on Netflix is a great Italian crime drama show it's called the trial it came out in 2019 and it's about a trial of a murder case that has lots of twists and turns i really wound up liking the liking it i just started watching it because i'm trying to learn italian so i'm watching italian stuff and i thought i think tv shows can be a great way of like getting a ton of italian in so i just watched it just to watch it but then like by episode three i was like this is really good. This is great. And I, I think it's an awesome crime drama. You should check it out. Of course, Anthony picks some random Italian <laughs> TV show that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Classic Anthony. Hey, I'm trying to recommend something I like that not many people I'm have seen. Kidding. That's I... the whole point of the recommendation. I appreciate your recommendation. See, this is what happens when you do research, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, <laughs> let's get back into our episode on Nicolas Cage and check out more research we did on him. All right. (laughs) Next up, (laughs) that's our next section. Yeah. What's your favorite moment in a Nick Cage movie that he's been a part of? There's so many great ones. Tough. My first was gonna be when he says in National Treasure, "I'm going to steal the the Declaration of Independence." Like that's such a great moment. Yeah, it's like the the craziest line ever said in a movie. I think it might be. (laughs) It's up there. But then I decided to go with. When he flies Eleanor over the truck. No, on you the didn't. That's what I picked. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Oh, man. I picked Eleanor over the bridge. Sickest scene. Oh, my God. With the music. Sickest scene. Oh, my God. I always love how every time I watch it, I'm like, the ramp of the truck was up. Yeah. And then it cuts to it and the ramp's down. Like, uh, they need to fix yeah. that. Yeah. They, they did it in Batman. Yeah. In the Batman, he did the same thing. <laughs> but the Batman, he had a turbo engine. But I mean, <laughs> taking the, the Mustang, the 67 GT500. It flies like 200 feet. It just keeps going. <laughs> it's so sick. It's a great because the build up to like, he can't control Eleanor and he's having trouble with it. And he's like always talking to it and trying. He's like, settle down, settle down. It's like he's riding a horse. Kind of, yeah. I, I love it. And then. And then when he just like is just whipping around the city and the traffic jam on the bridge and he's like the cops are on his tail and then he the just, train in reverse yeah and then he just like shoots it up and it's like oh man it's so awesome some of the best driving sequences you'll see in a movie of all time and even like comparable to Bullet in movies like that yeah Steve McQueen and it's, Jack it's Reacher that, has that some great iconic. ones Jack yeah. Reacher has a great, like one of the best movie driving shots with yeah. that that long shot where the camera comes from the side of the oh, car yeah. to the front and you see Tom driving it's like ah. I should have done more research. Sorry, guys. I wish you researched that. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we picked the uh, the same moment. 
It's like we ordered the same cheeseburger. <laughs> well, actually, we went out to dinner with some people the other night, and I got a Cuban sandwich, and you got a cheeseburger. I almost got the yeah, I got a cheeseburger. I almost got the Cuban, but then like you were like, oh, he ordered. I couldn't get the same thing. No, no, I, I don't care about that. Yeah. But I was like, I saw the people we were with got burgers, and I was like, ah, oh, burger sounds. How was really the burger? Good. It was good. It was the Cuban good. was bomb because it was, it was pulled pork. Pork instead yeah. of just like sliced uh, sections of pork. Because it's sliced pork and then ham mm-hmm. and then Swiss cheese and mustard yeah. and pickles. Oh, I'm salivating. It's one of my <laughs> just all-time glazed. favorite sandwiches. Yeah. But it wasn't pressed. It was just in like a French roll. It's still really good, but usually a Cuban sandwich is pressed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I noticed that. I haven't done much research on sandwiches, but all right, listen, last, you did. last research joke. <laughs> Getting old. <laughs> okay, next up. What is the best Nick Cage performance? Next, the best Nick Cage performance. Uh, where is it? Right here. Oh, I got Living Las Vegas. Great this pick. is Oscar win, obviously, but again, as I, one of the reasons that's the reason why I put it in my top ten Nick Cage movies. His performance is incredible, and like Anthony said, like no one plays a drunk as good as him in this movie. Or plays being drunk, and it's just uh, it's a depressing performance in ways to watch. It just drains you emotionally. It's tough to watch at the same time someone doing this to themselves. But also, there are a lot of heartwarming moments, especially the uh, the person, the prostitute, the sex worker he's falling in love with and has the relationship eventually. And it's really touching at times, but also an emotional journey. And he goes to a lot of different depths, a lot of low depths in this role. Mm-hmm. I picked. <clears throat> Wait, what were we picking? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Best performance. <laughs> the line. <laughs> This guy Sorry. drinking on the job. I was like, "Wait, what? The, what are we fired. doing?" <laughs> Good thing I'm not operating machinery. <laughs> I picked adaptation. It's a really um, unbelievable performance because he plays two roles, very different, distinct personalities. He plays twins. One's very confident, very capable, very successful, and then one is very unsure of himself, insecure, and not in nihilistic and just. He kind of like he's a screenwriter, but he hates movies. And he hates himself. And he hates himself, and does a great scene with Brian Cox too. But I think it's his best thing he's ever done. It's really unbelievable. He put on a lot of weight, and he has this crazy curly hair. He kind of based his performance on the real Charlie Kaufman and a lot of the mannerisms. And I've never seen. I think it's his most transformative role too. He's got like a perm. Yeah, like, exactly. The, like the hair is like a, very like a curly. Fro. Yeah. So that's my best performance for him. All right, what's the best character look for Nick Cage? I'm going with. Raising Arizona. I love the outfits, the wardrobe. And I love the mustache. And he's still got like a thick hairline going on. The big on. hair, yeah. But I think the mustache seals the deal. It's a great one. And it's a really good character look. It's it's like one of the most interesting in his filmography. He's got like the the tank top with the like Hawaiian shirt. Hawaiian shirts, like yeah. the orange one, the yeah. blue one. I picked Cameron Poe and Con Air. Classic. Because of the hair. The hair. The hair. The hair. It's the, I want to know wig or extensions. It's got to be extensions, probably. He grew it out and then just put extensions on. Yeah. I guarantee it. But it looks great. I'm sure that's like what Hemsworth does with Thor. Yeah, he's just got the wife beater on and the long hair tucked into the the tank tucked into the jeans. The wind blowing <laughs> in his face. Just looking he's like out. smiling, like I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go with that one. Okay. Next up, what is your Nick Cage desert island movie? Face off. Face off. We're gonna watch it tonight. I also picked Face Off. <laughs> I have it like number six, I think, on my top ten list, but that's the Desert Island movie for sure. Yeah. That's the most rewatchable. So entertaining. <clears throat> okay, next up. Define Nick Cage with three words. I have eccentric, confident, and magic. Whatever it is. I don't know what it is. You can't describe it. Some people have it. Some people don't. Some people have it. And it is 
indescribable, and you can't describe it. <laughs> You're getting so passionate. But it's just, it's a movie star. It's the thing. I'm feeling so many feelings right now. You can have, like, the most attractive, talented person, put them in cam- on front of a camera. They might not have it, but Nick Cage does. Great point. Great point. My three words are unpredictable, entertaining, and confident as well. I think the guy is just supremely confident to be able to do what he does. Like he just like doesn't care what anyone thinks about him. He's just happy to do whatever he wants and doesn't think twice about it. He's living his best life. Exactly. All right, next up. <clears throat> if Nick Cage was not an actor, what job or career would you picture him in? Self help motivational speaker. <laughs> I think it's perfect. He's got the energy for it. He's got the craziness for it, and I feel like it's like that kind of job. It's kind of like being a cult leader. I feel like he has the personality to be a sort of cult leader, and that's uh-huh. usually generally like what those kind of people are. Yes, yeah. it's, it's like snake oil salesman, on tour, like speaking. Yeah, tours. yeah, yeah. Just like crazy energy, like on the stage, like going crazy. You'd like, have a yeah. bunch of books. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. I like it. I picked him. He would uh, run a small casino in Las Vegas, <laughs> like those outskirts casinos on the edge of the city. I like that. He'd he'd run one of those, like an old in old Vegas, yeah, old town. Exactly. Okay, next up is my favorite part of the show. You have to pitch me a Nick Cage movie. It could be a Nick Cage movie that, like, you know, kinds of movies he was making in the 90s or in the the 2000s or even the kind of movies he's making nowadays. So any kind of era of Nick Cage. Okay, cool. You ready? Ready. Nick Cage plays a man with split personality disorder. One identity, he's just a normal man. The other identity, he's a werewolf. However... (laughs) He doesn't actually transform into a werewolf. He's just a human guy, rips off all of his clothes, pretends to be a werewolf, wreaks havoc on the city every night. I like it. I like it. Very funny. What's his name? The the name of the movie? Yeah. Where's the wolf? (laughs) What's his character's name? Wolfman. (laughs) I didn't come up with that. Oh, let me me spitball one. Steve Fernstein. <laughs> Steve Fernstein. Fernstein. Because he's furry. He's also Jewish. <laughs> yes, he's a Jewish Fer- werewolf. Fernstein. <laughs> Jewish werewolf. Furrystein. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I'll, I'll buy tickets to that movie. <laughs> All right. My, my Nick Cage movie is <clears throat> Nicolas Cage plays a colorblind ninja <laughs> named Kirk Somerset. Who, had, who has retired from his days of battle, but he is thrust back into action when his wife is stolen by a gang of ruthless Moon Knight cosplayers. Stolen? <laughs> Not even kidnapped? Stolen. Jeez. <laughs> Moon Knight cosplayers. All right. What's the name of the movie? Kirk Somerset. <laughs> nice, man. Oh, man. I love it. All right. What's up? What's up next? That's that's it for our fun stuff. Well, we got a couple others. There was um craziest moment. Oh, craziest moment. Sorry, I skipped that. I have uh pissing fire in Ghost Rider. <laughs> I have the vampire's kiss speech with the big bug eyes, where he's talk. We were talking to his uh, secretary, and his eyes are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and he's is ridiculous, over the top insanity. It's just and, so wild. Yeah. Now I think that's all of them. Because yeah, superhero, all. who could he play? He's already played. He's already played Ghost Rider, Rider so and he was almost. Twice. He was almost Superman. He's played two comic characters. So I don't think you have to pick one for that. All right. Um. Want to just run through some of his best movies? Absolutely. So let's see. We've talked extensively, obviously, about Face Off. 
But th- there's movies that I think like some unrated ones that I really I really like like Joe. Joe's is a, a good really one. really good movie. Yeah. Um, also, Pig is a really really good underrated. Yeah, we saw one. Pig recently that came out last year. Mm-hmm. Excellent little indie movie. Um, really great character uh, performance by him. Never seen him do anything like he plays this baker that like lives in the middle of nowhere. He's, I mean, he's a, a he's like a world renowned chef. Yeah. He lives in the middle Former. of nowhere, nowhere yeah. and he just hunts for truffles now, and his pig gets stolen. And it's kind of like, not so much like a revenge story, but like he's just looking for his pig. And, Redemption story. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's very, it's unpredictable. It's very unpredictable. Also, Wild at Heart's a very good one. Moonstruck is really great. That's an awesome movie. I also, like I said, I love I love Matchstick Men. The Family Man, I think, is a really underrated one with Tia Leone. I think it's a great holiday film for families. He plays a guy who super successful businessman lives in the city. He's a womanizer, and then he wakes up one morning and he's with the his high school sweetheart, and they're married with kids. And he works as a he's working for her dad as a used car salesman, and he's like, "What the hell's going on?" And then he spends several weeks living this life and ends up growing to love it. But then he gets sent back to his former life of being a bachelor businessman and he's so upset and he's trying to get that old life back and trying to connect with Tia Leone's character again it's a really sweet heartwarming family film also he's just made some like there's some movies he's made that just are just flat out just like not good at all like The Wicker Man it's a great movie the original in the 70s friggin wild horror movie with Christopher Lee in it and then he did an adaptation of it not very good kind of like a disappointing like they shouldn't even have done it in the first place and also Ghost Rider movies cool CGI interesting character I think they need better scripts bad execution very bad execution just not good movies at all the design is cool yeah the design it's an interesting comic book character he's up there and also being they're rated R so they can get pretty um, gory with it but I just think they just like never really pulled it off and also the Sorcerer's Apprentice was supposed to be a big Disney movie. It had a huge budget. It was supposed to be like, kind of like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings esque. And he played the Sorcerer, and Jay Burchell played the Apprentice. It's famous books like those. It was during that uh, young adult book saga phase of films for like fifteen years: Hunger Games, Divergent, and then. Um, Percy Jackson. So all the studios were trying to get every YA fiction book into a movie. This is one of them. And it was just like flat out just kind of a disappointment. Huge bomb. Big failure for the studio. And then after that, Disney kind of cut ties with Nick Cage. Moonstruck's also pretty underrated. He plays a one-armed baker in that. And then it's pretty early in his career back in 1987. And also, Bringing Out the Dead is a very underrated Nick Cage movie and an underrated Martin Scorsese movie. Came out in 1999. He plays a paramedic in New York City who's kind of losing his sanity because he's constantly in this tightrope or this balance beam and balance act of saving lives and witnessing deaths. And it's just driving him insane. It's a really dark but energetic movie, which is kind of like a weird tone that I think Martin Scorsese is one of the few directors that, directors that can really pull off effectively. It's it's odd. It's like it's like a movie about death, but it has so much life and energy in it. And Lots of red. Too. Yeah, his, his character is really interesting. And Patricia Arquette is one of the main characters as well. Ving Rhames, Tom Sizemore, John Goodman. It's overall just a really, obviously, well-made movie by Martin Scorsese. 
underrated, I think, in my opinion. And it's one of my favorite. Uh, I, I didn't put it in my top 10, but it, it was almost in my top 10 for sure. Yeah, Nick Cage favorite movies. Next up, City of Angels is pretty good. It's a pretty good romance movie with Meg Ryan. It's an adaptation of a, an international film about an angel who comes down to heaven and falls in love with a woman. And it's not as good as the original, but this one is it's pretty good. It's pretty solid. I remember seeing it as a kid a few times. His mom liked it a lot, and it's, it's a nice romance movie. Red Rock West is also an underrated Nick Cage movie. Came out in 1993, early role for him in his career a few years after Raising Arizona. He plays an ex-Marine who stumbles into Red Rock, Wyoming, and he gets mistaken for a hired killer and someone offers him $10,000 to, to kill his wife, the guy's wife. It's really interesting and it's a, a really unique story, great script, but I think that just kind of flies under the radar. It's one of those those great like 90s indie movies in that indie American film boom that kind of just got forgotten under the radar, but I think at the time it was so popular, but I think I re- highly recommend checking it out. It's 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is super high. Damn. Damn. He's also in a, another movie with your favorite actor. Who, John? Yeah, Cusack. Cusack. Uh, the Frozen Ground, where Cusack plays a serial killer. It's a, it's a pretty good serial killer cop movie. It's not, obviously, it's not great, but it's it's pretty solid. It's not terrible. Uh, they both do a good job. It's got an interesting score, too. Cusack pulls off serial killer pretty well. Let's see what else. Driving, Drive Angry. I remember that came out. That was with uh, Amber. That was a bit of a bomb. Yeah. Uh, the Crude, he does the voice. That's a, that's a funny joke. Oh, yeah, the, the animated movie. movies. Let's see. He's uh, got a cameo in Grindhouse. So he plays Fu Manchu, the werewolf woman of the SS segment. And what else is like noticeable, notable? Let's see. Snowden, he played Hank Forrester in that movie, the movie uh, Edward Snowden starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, oh, cool. I didn't know that. I didn't see that one. Pretty good movie. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. But right now, he's working on... He was supposed to be in that Joe Exotic pro, TV show, but, I'm, but I think... It's a different one that the trailer just came out, and so, it's just in development. I don't think it's going to end up happening. He's in post-production on a few movies. He's in post-production on Renfield, where he plays Dracula. Yeah. And there was a set photo of him captured, leaving the trailer to go to set. He's in this great, like, purple suit, tons of makeup, like, creepy fingers and stuff like that, and jewelry. I can't wait to see him I'm looking forward play to it. Dracula. Yeah. Like, he seems like an actor... Like... Nick Cage is going to be Dracula. Sign me up any yeah. day. And Nicholas Holt is going to be playing Renfield. And I love Nicholas Holt. And if he's involved, it's got to be a good a good script. The guy who's directing it is the guy who did uh, The Tomorrow War. So I oh, think it'll, Chris it'll be, McKay. Yeah, Chris McKay. Chris so McKay. I'm sure it'll be a pretty good movie. Ben Schwartz is in it as well. So that's what he's working on right now. Sounds fun. I, I would love to see that. I mean, Nick Cage is just Nick iconic. Cage. We love this guy so, so much. We he's hope such you do an too. interesting yeah. guy. I'm sure everyone does. I bet this is going to be a big episode. Big episode. It's going to be our biggest episode ever. There's something about him. Like, there's just, like, he's part of, like, Stan culture. Like, he was an, he's, like, an early member of, like, he had his own Stan fans. You know what I mean? Like, that's, like, mm-hmm. the new thing. Like, I yeah, stand this. I stand this. But people yeah. stand Nick Cage forever. They always will. We stand Nick Cage. We love Big this guy so yeah. much. And even though, like, all the memes have just kind of, I feel like, degraded all the great work he's done. And the persona of Nick Cage, I think he's he's gonna have a comeback because of the new movie where he's playing himself, and people are be like, "Oh yeah, you know what? Freaking Nick Cage is the man. We love that guy." And he's made a bunch of bad movies, but some of the our favorite movies of all time. You just compare you compare it to the Bruce Willis spotlight we did a few weeks ago, and 
Nick Cage's top 10 movies are better than Bruce Willis's top 10 movies. Arguably, although Bruce Willis has... He's the, in a couple of, of the, the greatest of movies the, of, of all time. time but I think I mean? it's like, if you count all 10, all 10 of Bruce Willis's, were they as good as all 10 of Nick Cage's? It's tough when you take like Pulp Fiction and Die Hard and you go against what are Nick Cage's top two movies. He has nothing to compare with those. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he's got nothing on that he's level. He's deep, though. He's got deep tracks. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he's like a great, reliable outfielder who's going <laughs> to you know, bat 315. He'll make an error every yeah, once in a while. a bunch of bases. Yeah, he's yeah. a solid player. I love Nick Cage. Love him to death. But uh, that wraps our episode on the great Nicolas Cage. Hopefully, he keeps making great movies in addition to his, you know, the ones he's got to pay the bills with. He's got, he got castles. It's a lot of insurance, you know. I'm sure the homeowner's insurance he's got on four, a castle. He's got four ex-wives. It's crazy. <laughs> so it's a lot of cheddar cheese. But I count on him making great movies here and there. Like, Mandy's a great standout. The new one was a lot of fun. I highly recommend it if you love Nick Cage. It's really, really funny. Lots of great meta jokes and references to his career and stuff like that and references to his old movies. We're going to go watch Face Off right now. So thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Be sure to become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of Lost Podcast. I promise we'll be do we'll do better, better research. We'll do better research. We'll try. We can't we can't keep getting those one star reviews, you know. That Godfather <laughs> episode. I mean, we put several hours of work into it, but if only we knew something about movies. If only we knew. Anyways, take care, everybody. We really appreciate all of you so much. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to subscribe if you're new. Hit the like button, leave a comment. Find us on all audio streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to check out one of these other videos right here for more content on our favorite films and breaking down all kinds of movie content. Thanks so much.